0: So let's go ahead and start if we can. And um, we have, um, good morning, David. Uh, we have uh, been in a study, um, about 21-week study. Uh, it been a couple of weeks we've substituted in and out of missions with conference and other things. But um, we first of all looked at uh, Christology and personal person of Christ and the work of Christ and his role in fulfillment of prophecy. And then we've been looking through um, angelology, as we call it. And we've talked about, like, beyond um, just what we can see. We talked about Satan's origin, talked about his pre-fall condition. We talked about um, his fall, his fall in God's response. We talked about his sin in detail and, uh, and, and, and applied that, if you would, to kind of, I mean, what can we learn from that, right, in our lives. And uh, we talked about his role and uh, the condemnation in the fall of man. We talked about uh, his defeat and, and how that's really manifested or unfolds itself in uh, history as we know it. And we talked about uh, Satan's names and how much we learned through just uh, an in-depth analysis about uh, just the names of who, of, of Satan throughout the scriptures. And we also looked at um, his current uh, role and future judgment and uh, and future roles also. Uh, and then we took a two-week study to look at um, uh, the role, the roles, uh, the truth about demons. And uh, we talked about uh, their nature uh, who they are where they came from where they're going what what they're all about uh, how they work and we'll have more to say about that in upcoming weeks too and then we t- then we looked at temptation in a two-week period first of all what we called lessons from the master there's a there's a there's a handout back there if you don't don't have um, the actual final version of that uh, and and we talked about like three different um, perspectives of temptation can, can we quickly kind of just Hit on what those were because I know you all remember what they were just really right off the top of your head. You've been using them in the last two weeks, and you you, ha- you have them like front and center, right? Right? Right. right, right. <laughs> okay, Dick, tell us. <laughs> 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 Sounds like <laughs> no, but seriously, I didn't hear
1: the question.
0: the The question was, what were the three things that we've been we learned from the lessons from the master as it pertains to temptation? And we, really, the first one was, you know, um, I'm in a sovereign place, right? By that God's ordained in my life, so therefore, don't, don't seek to go out from underneath that by by making bread into stones, but just like. Hang in there, steady the course, steady on, stay underneath, and God's going to bring the bread in his due time, right? Second point was, um, if, the whole point was, uh, if you uh, jump off the pinnacle of the temple, you know, his angels will, will keep, catch you, right? And you won't die, and, 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 and the whole point there was, you know, I'm in the car, the Lord's driving the car, right? And don't take over the wheel, Uh, the scriptures talk about lots of different things so how do we bring a balanced approach to what scripture is really saying in our life don't just be quoting things off 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 the cuff and expect that somehow we can prove why we're going to do what we're going to do in our lives let's make sure that the scriptures themselves support uh, uh w- what are the right things to do okay so let the lord drive the car right i think that was the the key thing we, we learned in that 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 point the third point was all about um he said bow down and worship me so the third point was was um was was allowing um the lord to uh follow the lord on the lord only D- don't um, be don't have other idols of the heart uh he wants us. And so that was the third point. Was So those are three manifestations of the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and boastful pride of life that really um, become, if you would, the, kind of the framework for temptation. And it's going to probably come in one of those three areas uh, uh, in our lives. And then last week we started into, uh, we looked at the nature of temptation. We talked about how that works. We talked about how it manifests itself in our lives. We looked at... Um, uh, James chapter 1, uh, and we also look at um, Corinthians, right? Remember those two passages and how they interact, right? So um, last week we got into the doors demons use. We're going to pick up there, and then we're also going to hit on the tale to worldviews this week. Um, so in our time last week, um, we uh, worked through the left-hand side of this, and we'll continue on here today and cover the right-hand side and um, pick it up as we move into the tale of two world views. So we said, fundamentally, there's this proportional um, thing going on, uh, right? And and w- w- what's this over here? It's intimacy. And it's low to high. And over here is what? Un- Art divided. Divided, right?
1: Right. And
0: what? Undivided. Undivided or not divided. Okay? And in this perspective, what we found was that there is a direct correlation, alright, mm-hmm. between a divided heart and our level of intimacy in our life. And that down here is what we call death, and up here is what we call what? Life, life abundantly. So, the the uh, agent that makes this change happen is what? Life. So, so. Right. So, right. Okay, so, our bit, so so. once we get the grasp of what the picture looks like, then intimacy with God, if that's single most important thing in our life, then it says we have to what? Guard our heart. We have to guard uh, who we are in our life and, and how we respond rightly and how we think rightly. Okay, so we started off with these doors and we said, what's a do- what do we mean by a door? What's a, do- what's a door that a demon, demons can use in our life?" What does door mean? An opportunity. Opportunity or a foothold, right. Mm-hmm. It's a foothold. It's a launching pad. It's a place to sneak in. It's a place to get in and move as a beachhead from in our life. And and the first thing here is to, that we looked in Samuel was, for, for Saul, was this issue of his rebellion and self-will and pride. And, 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 and just in case we don't, just in case when we read that we kind of say, you know, well, that was him, not me. Okay, um... That passage says it's the, sin of, the, sin of, the sin of self-will or is rebellion, which is the same as the sin of witchcraft. Why, and why is it the same? Why is it the same? It's the door, it's the door and it's open, and it's be using what? It's, it's using our hearts to stand in judgment of who God is, right? It's, so, so we're standing in judgment of who God is because, because what we want to do is what we want to do. So, it's important for us to see that, that that's exactly what is the demonic force behind witchcraft. It's the, exactly the same heart that, that Satan fell in the first place. It was, it, was, uh, it was a heart that was filled up with himself, not God. See that, you see how that works together? Makes sense? Any questions on that? Anybody see why I started with that one? Exactly, it, it, it's, it's the place from which it all starts is, is that heart that says, I'm going to do what I want to do. That's it. Okay. The second one here is anger, wrath, and bitterness. Had lots to say about this. And we talked about how don't let, don't get, let, let anger give the devil an opportunity or a foothold in our hearts. We talked about Hebrews 12, 5, 15 about the, the root of bitterness um, that exists in our hearts that amongst... Uh, uh, around which many are defiled, quote-unquote, or many are stained is the idea. That, that when you, you know, you, you, see the, you see the movie CSI, you know, and, and whenever there's a killing, there's blood, right? And the blood is usually around. And people try to clean it up and everything else, right? But, I mean, you can go in with the right lights, right? And, and you find the evidence. Then <laughs> always leaves evidence. It's never, it always stains, it's always death, it's always that way in our life. Um, okay, so uh, bitterness is like that. It's, it's a deep root within our souls that is going to come back in, in worse ways in the future. Hatred, murder. Uh, John, first John says, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Uh, you're a, um, we looked at John eight forty four. 44. It talks about uh, the devil is a murderer from the beginning, and so, you children of the devil, when we, uh, we act like children of the devil when we hate, um, because it's just a step away from murder. Guilt, we talked about Zechariah, how Joshua the high priest um, had his garments changed um, by, by Christ, and that those garments were put on, were white, and that they were, um, demonstrated righteousness. We talked about in Revelation 12.10 how we have a great high priest, even Romans 8, right? Where we have a great high priest who's ever before the throne of God because we absolutely need him to be doing what he's doing, which is to um, intercede for us. <clears throat> so, what, what did we say guilt was? What did we say guilt was, remember? If pain is to the physical, what is guilt to the spiritual? Everybody Remember? If pain is to the physical, what is guilt to the spiritual? What, what does pain do it's in the signal, physical life? That
1: we're off track. Yeah.
0: When we burn our finger or we do something squirrely, right? It 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 gives us pain. God's built us in a way, physical, physiologically, to to have pain, to sense problem. <laughs> um, so, guilt in our in the spiritual life is that pain. It's that pain spiritually that God uses to tell us what there's a problem so when you have guilt many people would like to say well just let it go away you know it's it's not there anymore whatever but the but god uses guilt to kind of flush out what's really going on doesn't he in our life so guilt pay attention to guilt don't dismiss guilt but also see it in light of of, of, of how we saw it, that um, our sins are covered as believers in Jesus Christ from the beginning, east to west, and, and we don't have to um, have guilt anymore once we have um, asked him for forgiveness and seen, seen it. So guilt is usually a, an indicator of, of, of the fact that our relationship is not all it should be right now. Okay. Absolutely. Right.
1: And it's condescending. it's condescending. And condescending. Yeah, condemnation,
0: right. Yeah, so you want it.
1: Godly remorse and godly repentance and guilt sometimes is selfish in some ways because you're thinking about (laughs) About myself,
0: how it affects me. Yep, absolutely. And I think that's an important thing we tried to bring out last week was just this the subtle differences between the two. And the reason for it here is the adversary's usage of that in our life as believers in Christ. You know, to, um, to to pin us to the wall and say, you know, you're not adequate. Thank you very much. I knew that from the beginning. (laughs) I am not adequate. That's exactly the point. And because of Christ's adequacy, I can do all things in Christ. Okay, next one was hopelessness. Hopelessness, and we saw that we are hopeless. In fact, one of the songs this morning is Psalm 121 verse 1. My hope comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, you know. Um, So, that's where our hope comes from, and and, uh, we were without hope, but now we have hope that is uh, three things. One is I'm sorry, was that? Psalm 121. So hope that's three things. One that's, that's sure and steadfast from Hebrews chapter 5. Um, chapter 6 verse 19, excuse me. Another is we have a living hope. We have a sure and steadfast hope. We have a living hope. And the last one is we have, quote, a blessed hope. What's our blessed hope? The Lord's coming back again. Amen. The Lord's coming back again. So we have a sure sure and steadfast hope, one that enters within the veil, behind the curtain, into intimacy with God. And that's why we can have great hope. Intimacy with God was never capable of being had in the, before the New Covenant. So we are members of the New Covenant and therefore have God available to us. Okay, the next one here was uh, helplessness. And we looked at that one last time and we said that we are helpless. Um, but According to uh, Paul in Titus two eleven and twelve, he says that grace has appeared uh, for us to be able to say no to sin in our life. Grace has appeared in our lives to be able to say no to sin. So, um, it says hang tough. Um, we are not helpless. He's given the Spirit of God in our life to be able to say no to sin. Okay, the next one here we want to look at is false idols, false religions, and idols. False religions and idols. First um, Timothy four one. Somebody got that. First Timothy. Chapter four, verse one. Paying attention. Okay, uh, deceitful spirits. We saw before when we looked at this verse was uh, spirits that cause us to um, wander from truth. The spirits that cause us to wander from truth—that's the word spirit means. I mean, the deceit means deceitful mm-hmm. to wander from truth to be out there wandering anything but the truth. Okay, um, and then doctrines of demons. Um, all the things we've been talking about are doctrines of demons. We're going to talk more about doctrines of demons in the, in the next couple of weeks. Um, examples of in the next two to three weeks. So uh, I won't spend a lot of time on this one, but false religions um, are doctrines of demons. And idols are anything that takes the place of God in our life, right? And so when we look at at that, 1 Corinthians 20, 21, 10, 21, 20 and 21, 1 Corinthians 10, verses 20 and 21, he's talking about idols, like physical idols. And he says, No, uh, but I say to these things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice demons, and not to God. And I do not want you to become, quote, sharers in demons, or become in fellowship with demons, or become unioned with demons. Um, he says you cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. And he's just talking here about, about um the um, sacrifices that they were making to idols. But I mean, if you if you enlarge the scope of what idols are, right, in our life, I mean, isn't isn't that about isn't that what it is? Sacrificing is a form of worship, right? And so worship is bowing down to, deep, to idols. It's bowing down to um, whatever takes the place of who God is in our life. Yeah, 10. Romans 1, about... Exactly. Or our minds, yeah, mind. or our souls, or our hearts, or our affections, or our appetites. I mean, you just keep going on and on, right? It's like whatever it is, it's right here. And it's taking a place in our heart that's not fully devoted and and and, un, and undivided. So that's the point he's trying to get at: is everything that's behind that idol, whatever that is. He, his point here is, it's either God or it's idols, and whatever idols, it's behind that idol is is a demon, is demonic influence to cause us to want to have our eyes off anything but who God is that's his point here and I, I, I don't know that we always see it that way here is that, is that it is um, behind every uh, idol is, is a demon or a demonic influence um, somehow some way And his point here is you can't have both that's his that's that whole drawing you can't have both you you want it both ways I want it both ways. But he says, you cannot have it both ways. You can't come with an undivided heart to remember what Christ has done on our behalf at the table of, of, of the Lord's Supper and, and lean fully into his shed blood on our behalf and then somehow go out and like go, yeah, but I, I want that too. He says, no. It's, they're polarized opposites.
1: Amen. We're
0: all guilty. Amen. Amen. Anytime we take and um, decide upon things, that's why decisions are just the greatest issue here that we're talking about. It's not so much our actions, it's our decisions that create our actions. Anytime we we, we choose to not have that, quote, biblical framework to make decisions rightly and see situations rightly, and we, we choose something different or whatever, it just means that we we are manifesting the fruit of idols in our heart. Or, or, I mean, an idol, even in this situation, as we saw before, is just, I want what I want what I want, you know? And that's what it is. And whatever that is in our hearts. So, yeah. Point. Okay, next one is fear and anxiety. Matthew ten, twenty-eight, 28. Uh, John uh, four eighteen. Uh, you don't have to turn to Matthew. I'll read it for you real quick. But it's, uh, if, you, if, you, if you fear... His point is fear the one who has the power to to do something against you or the high if you if, if you want to lean fully into fear and you want to be a fearful person then don't fear man he says fear God because God's the only one that really has the full power to be able to, to you know determine your eternal destiny that's his point First uh, John four eighteen so I read that one
1: uh, for perfect love fear punishment okay
0: perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love cast So, so experiencing God's perfect love, which has so many vast ramifications in our life, will throw out the window fear and being anxious. So here's where I went to meddling the other day. <clears throat> I, I I asked the question: What, what is fear and anxiety? At the end of the day, the lack of trust, which then ends up being what? So back to the issue of how do we treat things in our life about. What's being honest about what they are, <laughs> right? I mean, if I'm a victim about this anxiety, then I can't can't do anything about it, right? I mean, but if I call it what it is, which is sin, then the scriptures have all the answers about how to deal with that. And to what David was saying just a second ago, is that it's really it's really taking things into our own hands and somehow, um, you know. Uh, wanting a different outcome that's going on or whatever, maybe. Um, but it's literally not resting in God's sovereign hand in my life and, and leaning fully into him in the middle of it, right? I mean, and, and, and to tell you, I mean, we had some great, great discussions after class on this one day. It was about, like, well, our ability to, to lean into him in this situation is directly proportional to the times and the milestones I've seen in my life when I've seen him come through very faithful, and I acknowledge that in the course of deciding in this situation, and so my ability to even face the future is all about having seen his utter faithfulness in, in, in my hand, in my life. Come on in. Lots of room. Um, does that make sense? Everybody got that? Okay. Um, we also said here that uh, on fear and anxiety is that, um, write these two verses down, Philippians 4, 6. Most of you know that one, be anxious for nothing. The other one I want you to write down is Isaiah 26, 3. Um, does anybody have, have the ability to remember what that one is? Isaiah 26.3. It's really in the same area of thinking. It says, you will keep him in what? Perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Whose mind is utterly fixed and focused on on God. He says, when our minds are, are in tune... Taking all thoughts captive and focused on God, he says, I promise you I will keep you in perfect peace. Peace, you know, that is um, right stuff for us, for our hearts. Okay? Good stuff. And
1: Mark, is, isn't it? Exactly.
0: An angry, exactly. I
1: mean, I mean, I do that. Yep. You know, You know, all anxious about something. You know, I mean, something's gone. Yeah. It's sinful nature. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It creeps up on us so quickly, and all of a sudden we catch ourselves in it, and and we find that we're all all of a sudden right smack in the middle of it, right? Yeah. And we
1: struggle with that? Absolutely. I, I, and, and you know what? I mean study it's is just really But we don't really need to repent. Amen. We don't we don't even do that. We just are like, okay, I shouldn't be anxious. Yeah. I'll just move on. Yeah. But we need to stop. How do
0: we biblically respond. respond to it? It's stop verse. Tied to it, right? Uh, repent or obey, and don't move on, right? So
1: it's also, also purposeful Wednesday night, yep. and all I could do is, yep. It was kind of funny because, like you on saying, was very, very hard. In fact, girls around me right now, yep. and even it's weekend, even it's just yeah. like, okay. It's not even even the absence of him. You know, I can I could have him, pray for him, absolutely, absolutely, not just reactive, let alone engaged. Yep. And, you know, I
0: mean, I am not trying to uh, say this is not a tough thing to go through. I mean, the process of coming to grips with the fact that I'm sinning, hard thing to do sometimes. It really is. But, you know, it doesn't, does, it should not keep us from speaking truth to one another. It should not keep us from encouraging us, each other all the more as they come like Christ and to have others speak into our lives and have that accountability there so but I think Connie's point is so so right on is you know we tend to sugarcoat these things and when you sugarcoat them and you say you know well, it's just the way I am or you know I can't change or all this rubbish um, then it then then there's no answers then, there's not answers the scriptures aren't going to be effective then right so that's the cool thing yeah
1: this line of right decision well,
0: I'll let you answer that question because you came up afterwards and, and asked me that question. So, can you talk about that time horizon? and?
1: Yeah, I believe what's... Yeah. Because even, yeah. we know he didn't sweat. Yeah. He didn't sweat yeah. Because he... yeah. So to me, that was all... Like, it was pretty, but... Yeah. And, just... yeah.
0: yeah. And, and when does it become sin? based on that, that right. flow chart? It's it's about what we do with it. Right? right? right. It's, it's not that we are anxiety comes forward or, or fear comes forward. I mean those are those are natural respo- those are natural things that God's like brought to the table for us to interact with, right? The question is is what what do we do with that and, and do we put God on trial in the midst of that? When we start to put them on trial and therefore take things into our own hands or or um, or um you know um, not allow the truth that, we, that that should come forward at that time if we if we're thinking rightly To permeate and pervade everything that we are thinking, you know, to try to lean into Him in that time frame, it's it's all those little subtleties, right? So I mean, only you know, only each each person can understand how when it becomes um, then in their own life is that they're going to make their own decisions to do their own thing through that, as opposed to lean into God. I mean, there are many times when. You know, you think about David and other situations, I mean I mean he had fear and anxiety, you know, but but what did he do with it? It's the it's the exercising of that and and then you know a place of, of full contentment and peace of that storms that he was in chased and other things, you know, for that. So yeah. It
1: wasn't him because right. and
0: what exactly. that's, that's, what that's the said. decision. Just yeah.
1: like your flow chart when we'll talk about when yes. the yeah. is when the thing yeah.
0: is you. Yeah. It's not like you you're wrestling with it, it's when it has you, not you have it. So yeah. I was thinking of yeah. having
1: fear. Hard to, to call it. So that, that, that's where I was going with that. Yeah. Was was with yeah. habits. Yeah. Replacing. It. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yes, God has to take. Absolutely. You know, when you get that experience. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> God, like yeah. So I just went down. to yeah. You know. Amen. so many experiences. But you went
0: after him, not something else in the middle of that. And I think no, that right. that's the key thing I mean, that we're talking about yeah. here is I mean, that you know I mean all of us are in the middle of that right? Amen. Amen.
1: Yeah. Well, I
0: think it's just really important for us to, um, and I'm glad you asked that question, because uh, we exercise this outside of the class, and I want to make sure I was clear in the class that, you know, I mean, just because we have anxious thoughts and and fear in our hearts, that that's not sin, okay? And that it's it's what we do with that. You know, are we going to seek him in the middle of that? Are we going to go to him instead of our own you know, strength to handle that. And you know, when we make those small decisions in our life like that, where it has us, not us per God, you know, in the middle of that, then that that's where we that's where it's going to go over the over the line, you know, because it's going to cause us to um, put God on trial really. Um, so when we seek him in the middle of those things, that that's what he wants. That's that that is that's I mean, talk about the response that he wants. He wants us to seek him. And what we just read from Isaiah is you know, when we do that, he's going to keep our, our mind in in perfect peace. He doesn't say he's going to take the situation away or the or the reasons behind the anxiety and the fear in the first place. He doesn't say he's going to take that away, but he's going to he's going to put our souls at ease. Rest in the middle, What a great thing. Does that help? I mean, is, is everybody okay with that? Understand? Oh well, yeah. When you, the doorway, you it's a it's like point. it's like you can slam it shut or you can do something with it, right? Yeah. Pretty good. Um, next is sexual immorality, perversions, and pornography. Um, sexual immorality, perversions, and pornography. I could spend a few sessions on this one. I just don't have the time. But uh, 1 Corinthians 7.5 talks about, um, he says, um, Satan uh, will tempt you because you, of your, quote, lack of self-control. So his assumption behind his message to the believers in Corinth was that they don't have self-control. That we don't have self-control. And if left to our own devices, we won't have um the ability to um, handle uh, our affections and appetites in the wrong place in the wrong way if we don't lean fully into God. so his point is this is this can be an absolute stronghold and I absolutely believe with the you know the things that are available today is' not just for men it's also for women um, uh, that our society is just a mock in this thing and and you know what I mean if, if we don't guard our hearts I mean I mean every little decision, in this process, right here, it's gonna, is gonna, it's gonna absolutely wrench our lives apart with the Lord. It's gonna wrench our family's life if we have a family. You know, it's gonna have a halo effect around things. I mean, um, you never want to encourage people um, to be obedient because of uh, uh, not experiencing death in life. Well, I encourage people to be obedient because of the incredible experience that life brings. And I think we spend a whole lot too much on the, the first and, and not enough talking about the excellencies of Christ, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You watch, All of you a sudden you blindsides mean,
1: you. If you Be, watching, if you be watching, the best way it will come yep. out. Listen to the radio. Yep. What, what, what's Amen. amazing but it's it is. You're really
0: by it. Absolutely, and and our and our culture encourages us. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find out more about that as we look into some of the religions that, that our cultures are washed in. But one of them is hedonism, which has everything to do with just you know do what you want because you want what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> um, write these verses down. We don't have time to go to them. But Job thirty one one, Job thirty one one, Genesis 39.9, Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Job 31.1, Genesis 39.9, and Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Job talks about, I've made a covenant with the Lord with my eyes. So, I mean, it could be our ears. It could be anything, right? I mean, have we personally covenanted before the Lord that we do not want to have those kind of images come through the lens of our souls? They'll stain our souls, I guarantee you. The eyes are an amazing things because they put an indelible impression upon the the mind. Mind has the ability to recall almost anything there is ever. So guard your minds, guard your hearts in, in Christ Jesus. Um, Genesis 39:9 talks about you know um, uh, Joseph saying, "How could I sleep with you? You know, I would sin not against Potiphar, I wouldn't sin against you, but I'd sin against God." So, do we see our sin as against God and God only, and see it on this framework here, uh, w- when we choose to do that? Uh, doubt we do. Doubt we do. La- last one there is Psalm 119. He says, "You know, how can a how can a young man guard his ways? Well, he can do it and not sin. He can do it when his heart's like fully, fully devoted to to God and to want Him more than anything else. That's when." That's when that's going to happen in our life. To be able to say no. To okay, um, legalism and and being judgmental. Um, uh, Romans fourteen ten. Turn there with me if you would. Romans fourteen ten. Um, this is an insidious sin. It's an insidious door that that flings itself open in 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 uh, bodies of Christ. Yeah. I think legalism, legalism can come in all shapes and sizes, and I think I think I think leadership of of uh, churches um, fall in that in that category. I think it can become abuse How how leaders lead and shepherds shepherd. shepherd. Um, but he says here um, Romans fourteen ten says, but you why do you judge your brother? The whole point of the word judge here is um, back to verse four is um, uh, standing. Standing above a person and looking down your nose at somebody down below you. That's the idea of judging here. Because why do you judge your brother? Um, all or, or Why do you regard your brother with contempt? So the the thinking process behind judging is is contempt or putting yourself on the, on the plane and finding yourself above them is the idea. Um, uh, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of God. Again, he's writing to believers in Christ. And... Uh, His point is, you know, um, let God uh, be judging. But that does not take away from our need as brothers and sisters in Christ to be discerning and speaking truth into one another's lives. Um, That's a different uh, uh, discussion than judging. Um, So I think that's an important point to make. Uh, The other word that's used in this passage for um, our, our responsibility as believers in Christ to be discerning versus judging we're discerning. And so we are responsible to be discerning. We're all responsible to be our brother's keeper. We are responsible to speak truth into each other's life and exhort one another, encourage one another. So don't get the wrong message there. Okay. Hey, but being judgmental is is different than being discerning. Uh, wrong world views. Uh, 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 2 Corinthians 10.3, we looked at that before. Um, and uh, uh, that's what we're going to go into next. Uh, so Uh, I won't spend a lot of time there, but when we looked at that verse, we saw that it was all about the. um, It was all. It was all about like um, a wrong worldview or a non-biblical worldview. Is is when you raise up anything in its place that's going to kind of uh, stain or corrupt uh, who God is and what He's done. That's that's really. What a, a wrong world view, view is! Um, write this verse down also. Isaiah f- uh, chapter five, verse twenty and twenty-one. It's a powerful verse, uh, set of verses. Um, Isaiah five, twenty and twenty-one. He says, um, "Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Um, woe to those who are quote wise in their own eyes." Right. Doesn't that, I mean, what's your source of truth? We call it epistemology is a big word for this. Epistemology. What is your source of truth? Is your worldview, the way you think about life and, and everything, that, the, that your source of truth comes from within? Or does your source of truth come from outside? And if it comes from outside, does it come from God? This is the fundamental issue. It's a fundamental issue in worldviews. Worldviews, to be a worldview... Says that you have to have four main components. Okay, four main components. The first one is um, where we've come from. So a worldview answers these questions: Where did we come from? Worldview answers question of um, what is right and wrong. What is right and wrong? Worldview answers the question of why am i here. Why am I here? Is that, that that speaks to what purpose? Right. Yeah. Purpose. So purpose. Purpose. Good. And number four here is if anybody got an idea.
1: Where's my destiny? Yeah.
0: Destiny. Right. Where am I going? Where am I going? My destiny. So where did I come from? Why am I here? What's right and wrong? And where am I going? A worldview, a frame of reference, an an ability to be how I view life in the universe is going to answer, it's going to lean into these answers to these questions. Now, most people don't even get it. They don't even walk through life thinking this way. But if you ask them these questions, it will flush it out, guaranteed. And so what I want to do is quickly walk through um, a tale of two worldviews. And if you don't have the frame here, there's some more handouts in the back if you want to take some notes here. Um, This normally would take about a a four or five um, week process to kind of walk through. So, as I said before, I'm a little challenged in how we go through our time together. But, that being said, um, we'll uh, go ahead and take a look at it. Now, I want to be able to state this, which is that anything but the right hand side here, um, I, I do believe is a doctrine of demons. If you go behind it and you look behind the covers underneath, you'll find uh, that coming through. And we could we could spend the time to go through that, but for, for the time we have today, I just want you to be able to acknowledge that and uh, you can work through it yourself on your own to see if that's not the case. Okay? So the first one here is uh, where we come from?
1: Our origin.
0: What would, uh, what would uh, man's worldview be around this, do you think? Pardon me? Bag of sludge, okay. Other thoughts? Okay, a Big Bang Theory. Yes, you've heard that right. Others? Pardon me? Evolution. Evolution, absolutely. Why is it so important for evolutionists to be right? Got out of the equation. It's the fundamental issue, right. Uh, another Big Bang, you could tie to that chance, you know. In other words, there's, um, I, don't, I, I don't know, Don't don't mess around with it you know, all the details, you know. I mean, it's just the way it is, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's how you, you get it. It's like, you know, okay, now, where did this come from? How'd that get there? And it's, well, now I just kind of did it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you hear that, right? It's yeah. like, well, no. I mean, if we're going to be have a logical understanding of life, and you know, let's let's really deal with some of these things. Absolutely. And I think it really grew out of the 80s and 90s, you know uh seventies a little bit, which was, you know,
1: oh my goodness, you know, there's this thing out there. Like, how are we gonna keep it? it was like but it all started back in the eighteenth yeah. guys with the book of Genesis really wasn't that definitive. Exactly. It really did change
0: Absolutely. So Absolutely it was this poor
1: theology that really started it off.
0: Absolutely. So, so the biblical you know, worldview is <laughs> no let's be clear, I mean there is only one uncreated cause and it's God. And he created all things out of nothing. And he only can create out of nothing. That is ex nihilo, it is that only God can make something from nothing. If somebody else can, come forward. <laughs> Everything else is made from something that exists already. Only God can create out of nothing. So, i um, walked through a lot of verses around this, one of these, but uh, I want to be able to move through this. Our, our paradigm, in other words... Um, uh, how we frame the universe and how we frame ourselves uh, is important to uh, understand. So a paradigm means the picture. How do we look at it? So for um, a man's worldview, it's uh, about um, relativism and humanism and tolerance. What? Uh, talk to me about uh, relativism. What? What would that? What would that mean? Okay. I mean, it's shoot, shoot. okay, so it's, it's, it's where we get what truth is then. It, um, you know, I'm glad you really believe what you believe, but, you know, it's that it sounds like that's really good for you. <laughs> um, you know, I just happen to believe something different. Um, okay, so, I mean, how do, you, how do you bundle that? I mean, if everybody's got their own perspective, do, I mean, how do you... How do you know what's absolute, or right, or is there any... See what I'm saying? I mean, it's just an insidious perspective, uh, doctrine of demons, that says, you know what? If I can get everybody to believe that nobody has the real corner on it, on absolutes, then, you know what? Then, you know, all the spokes in the wheel lead to the middle. Right? You hear that all the time? Humanism is a paradigm, meaning that, um, you know... uh, Everything that's here is for us, and might as well live it out to, to, to that end. Um, it's it's what we can feel and touch and that kind of thing. Uh, tolerance is about... Um, well, well, let me ask you the question. What's the difference between tolerance and love? It's, a, it's an important question, I think.
1: Tolerance is selfish.
0: Selfish, I right. Know that's exactly. that's not what love is. Exactly. Did everybody hear that? Really important. You, you, tolerance avoids a lot of difficult... Dead fish on the coffee table <laughs> to talk through and get get resolved um, by looking the other way and saying everybody's got their own perspective. We need to we need to be okay with everybody's perspective and not say it's wrong. But yet, <laughs> who are the people that most people who lean fully into tolerance won't be tolerant of? <laughs> Those who are who are who are who are Christians who would say there is only one way. You <laughs> know. Jesus Christ said he was God. They don't they they don't do well with that. <laughs> it's hard for them to kind of put those two together. Because you can't, right? I mean, either you either there are absolute truths or there's not. Oh. So th- it's a real struggle for a person who, you know, they want to be tolerant of everything and everybody, but then how do you how do you be tolerant of those who are intolerant? <laughs> so
1: basically they
0: basically don't want to be accountable. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so does that make sense? So the, the paradigm on the right is the paradigm on the left is, a, is, is humanism, meaning that the world revolves around me. Got it? See the picture? The world's revolving around me. Everything in life is about me. So therefore, if you upset that process, then I get upset. Okay. The right-hand side is all about this whole world and everything we know it doesn't orient around Earth. And it doesn't even orient around this universe. It orients around God. He's the one who everything has to orient around. He he, is the uncaused cause. (laughs) He is the one to whom are all things and through whom are all things. Absolutely. Hey, it's
1: okay for my buddy while you're second Second Catch it on the fly. Catch that on the fly immediately and say, wait, 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 wait. Absolutes
0: exist on the right. Absolutes don't exist on the left. Our purpose. What's our purpose on the left-hand side? We kind of talked about a few of these already. It's all about me. It's all about me. So it's hedonism. Is to please myself through pleasure, power, or prosperity. And in some people's case, pain is pleasure. Um, so it's to please self. Um, the right side is all about, <laughs> I live for the pleasure of the king. <laughs> you know, I think of Eric Little when you know he's... he's, he's uh, He's running, you know, in, in uh, chariots of fire. And I just, I cannot ever, whenever I think of this, I can never get him out of my mind how he was just running on that beach. And you could just see his face. And he was like, I run for the, he's made me fast and I run for the pleasure of the king. Like, wow. How cool is that,
1: you know? You know do we do we live
0: our lives for the pleasure of the king? You know, I mean, it, that's that's what it's all about. And when we do that, it's like, there's nothing greater, nothing greater in life than to, than, to, than to have that experience. Our perception on the left-hand side is all about the fact that what we can touch and feel is all that exists. It's, that's all that exists. There's nothing else. There's no immaterial part of mankind. I don't know what they do with, with the mind. I've, I've, I've had a really big question around that like, what do you do with the mind? I mean, where is, where do you make decisions? It's not in the brain. The brain's like, I mean, see what I'm saying? It's like, what do you, how do you deal with that immaterial part of who we are? But physical realm only exists on the left-hand side. Right-hand side says that, that the physical and the spiritual realm exist. Both exist, and both are there. Um, our roadmap on the left is that reason uh, leads. Discovered truth is is all we can know. Um, you, you hear about this, like all truth is God's truth. Well, you know, I mean, maybe yes. I mean, let's 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 unbundle that a little bit and understand it. What do you mean by that? Um, Political correctness is is on the left hand side. Experience wins. Uh, you know, I mean, if 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 I've had this experience, who are you to tell me that I didn't? Getting on a slippery slope there. <laughs> it, I mean, you got to kind of work work with that and understand what you're saying. On the right hand side, it's what our roadmap has to be—the word of God, has to be revealed truth, has to be something that we can fully lean into and be confident in. Does that make sense? Revelation by God's word matters. Okay, what would our nature be on the left hand side? What would be the basic nature of man, fleshly? fleshly. 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 Yeah. Uh, what would they say it is, though? Oh, Basically good, right? I mean, basically good. We're born good, you know, clean slate, you know. Then you guys screwed it all up by writing all over that clean slate, you know. Let's go back to cleaning the slate. Well, is that true? What do the Scriptures say? Right? So, So, the left side is that man is naturally good. And you know what? They're getting better. And if we just could all get along, we'd be in utopia right now.
1: The opposite. We ain't getting better. We're getting worse. <laughs> exactly. But you just turn on the news, and you'll find out. Exactly.
0: And that, and that's why people who are in the world just go, "I just don't get it." There's this piece that I can't put the pieces in the puzzle. I believe this way, but you know, life is saying there's something radically different than that. I can't put them together, and I'm not going to believe this. God, give me a break. No way, Jose. I find that
1: funny Yeah, that's what sells, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and so the right hand side is that. W- Uh, man is depraved. That man is sinful. That no one seeks God. That all have gone astray. That all are going their own direction. That all mankind want what they want when they want it. And do what they do because they want what they want. Um, You better act. Yeah, you
1: better act. Like,
0: we're we're going down. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, you know, the biblical worldview about our nature says that sin exists. This is the key thing. Sin exists. And and, and just just throw that out at a, at a party one, one day and say, like, you know, I mean, what do you think sin is? You know, it's like, uh, we're having good weather today, you know. <laughs>
1: um,
0: and then most importantly, what does it do? Right? separates from God. That's okay, it. so our nature, our problems. What are our problems uh, cause on the left hand side? Cause us to be what? Terribly, if you take it to its logical conclusion, that is that we're victims. If I can somehow sell myself that I'm a victim, yeah. or sell you that you're a victim, then back to the point we said earlier: there's no accountability. There's no solutions really. No solutions that are that are permanent or, or, or long standing. Um, well, why can't I be an alcoholic? What's wrong with that? I don't want to live. <laughs> I'm I'm accomplishing what I'm trying to do, right? See, you see, you see, you see how insidious this stuff is. It's unbelievable. Um,
1: it's almost contradictory to the belief. Darwin. Exactly. With no power. Exactly. And no
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for somebody. Yeah. Yeah, and almost invariably, I mean, we 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 want to solve our problems. So what happens is, you know, throughout life you go through this kind of, I was a freshman, I'm a sophomore, I become a junior and I'm a senior kind of in life, right? And it's amazing how you, when you talk to older people, they go, you know, I mean, if I had to do it again, there's probably 99.9% of people, you know, when they're older at least, are going to say they would have made very different decisions in their life. And why, why, why do they have that feeling? You know, why, why is that there? You know, it's like.
1: The, yeah, I yeah. all the way I am. Yeah. Is that, where that falls absolutely into? So absolutely we're gonna to get to that have, yeah. yeah
0: it's one of the ones coming up but the, the ramifications of that is is back it is uh, we're gonna see it down here under our panel. Okay. Um, uh, so our problems are um, on the left is if we're all victims we have no hope we have no hope um, <laughs> there really hope can't really exist other than on the right hand side it's we are all sinners Good news is, you know, this this book has answers to every single thing once we know what it is. So if we know what it is and we call it what it is, then we can somehow have hope. There's there's an answer to, to this problem that exists in my life or in our lives together. So that's that's that to me is like, I mean, you talk about life. I mean, you talk about the opportunity for life and and the and the, and the blessing we can be to people in, in our lives to come alongside them pray for them give them answers give them a, a, a help oh my goodness it's, it could be huge you why know? well, we're starting this Institute for life in the fall um, we have answers they have problems <laughs> you know how do we figure out how to get these two together in a community right I mean how do we sounds like a good match <laughs> let's figure this out um, okay our response on the left hand side is to run to hide. To blame, <laughs> um, to entertain ourselves, right? To uh, and I say psych- psychology. I mean uh, secular psych- psychology on the left-hand side here. It's it's it's. Uh, what's the difference between secular psychology and biblical um, psychology or counseling? That's all. It's that the authority that there are answers from the Word of God, which is the authority of our lives. That He gives us that those answers to be able to apply. Absolutely.
1: That's Psycho- right.
0: Right. And you know, we looked at that verse of mysticism, right? It's it's it, you know, it's talking about coming up with answers. Um, he says here, he says in in Second Corinthians ten twelve, he says, um, "For we are not bold to compare ourselves to some who commend themselves, but when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are without understanding." <laughs> it's like how do you, when, when you try within yourself to figure it out, and you come up with answers, and you compare yourself. With those answers to other people who are trying to do the same thing, you're without an understanding. He says that, that's what mysticism is. It's just trying to figure life out from within.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say,
0: um, Second Corinthians ten twelve.
1: Um,
0: right hand side is um. Uh, by the way, this leads to uh, ever 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 degenerating sense of apathy. Whether they want to be honest or not. Right hand side is just be honest, confess your sins. Be honest to God; He knows the answers. <laughs> he has He has a He has a perspective of what's really going on in your life, right? So, lean into Him. Be be, be honest. Seek, his, seek Him through His Word and confess our sins. Our circumstances on the left are random; they're chance. They're filled. They're They're filled with fate, and and you hear this good luck on the right on the on the left hand side all the time, right? I mean, there's something called luck. There's something called Look at your
1: destiny.
0: You know, <laughs> um, there's this, there's this uh, thing on the left-hand side about you know, is and don't mess it up. Um, on the right-hand side, it's all about God's sovereignty. It's all about Christ's supremacy. If you get two things in life, get, get those. That's wisdom. That's like understanding. So, and um, God is sovereign. He is above all things, and in him all things exist, and for him all things are. He is the one who is the end, the beginning today and the end. He is the great I am of all of the universe. Okay, Uh, accountability, this is what uh, Connie was going to in the last piece here, is accountability on the left is the whole goal. The whole goal of this whole thing is accountability to no one. No one will, ha- will, will, will be accountable to no one. I am the captain of my life. You know, I'm the helmsman of my destiny. and you know. No one's going to tell me what to do. Okay? How's it doing? <laughs> How's that come along? <laughs> um, Brian's side is that we are accountable to God. We're accountable to him. He will be the judge of the living and the dead. He is the one to whom uh, we will answer. It is appointed unto mankind once to die, and then the judgment. There is going to be an accounting for each one of our lives, whether we're believers or not. Uh, one, one, for condemnation. Two, for rewards. And let us be found faithful. Let us be found utterly faithful. We're also accountable to parents and government, on the, on the, uh, and employee, employ, em, employers, according to the Scriptures. Well, last but not least here is... Um, our destiny. We'll be talking more about this in coming weeks. Uh, reincarnation is, uh, we, we, we go around again, keep going around. Annihilation means that um, that's another perspective that says, you know, when we die, that's it. There's no more. There's no afterlife. Uh, another perspective of the left-hand side is just, look, just don't think about it. You know, it's too heavy. Wow. Um, and then the last one there on the left is, you know what? I'm a good person, good being relative, right? Um, I, I'm a little bit better than others, and not as good as some. And you know, God's a God of love, so He's going to figure it all out in the end. You know, it's all going to come out in the wash. Well, you know, yeah, I might not be where you are, but I'm not as bad as so-and-so, so and so. So, it'll God will take care of all this stuff. You know.
1: Sure will. So those are the perspectives on the left. The right-hand side
0: is, look, let me be clear. You know, Eternity does exist. And it's going to be with eternal life or eternal death. And eternal life is with, he- with God in heaven forever in eternity, never to be separated from. And there is eternal death in hell. And hell is a forever place. And those two eternal destinies hang forever, extricably linked to the decisions we make in this life. Because... After this life, there will be no more deciding upon where we will spend eternity. So, use this as an example for, to kind of uh, ask questions of people, you know. I mean, you can see yourself going through this, can't you? Um, just, I mean, it's really simple questions, you know. I mean, where, where do you think we came from? You know, how, why are we here? Have you figured out why you're alive? How, how, do you, how do you come up with or determine in your own heart what's right and wrong? Um, Do you think we're accountable to anybody? Um, Where are we going after this life? I mean, have you ever thought about that? Um, Why do you think this life seems to be just going utterly downhill in the world? Do you think that's a sign of the times, or is it just kind of like happening? I mean, it's great fodder for kind of kicking off dialogue and discussions with people, just to kind of get... Get things going. Let them, let them share what they think. Ask them further questions. Make sense? It's really, really, really powerful. But at the end of the day, it's really important for you to, to give them this perspective right here. You know, whether you know it or not, you have a worldview. Whether you know it or not, you have a worldview. I have a worldview. And you know what? Um, some of the stuff you've probably exercised, some of it you may not have. Let, let's keep talking. Let's 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 talk about some of this stuff. See what you think. I mean, I, how do you know what's right or wrong? Just kind of like come up with some thoughts, or how do you do that? <laughs> These are tough questions. that You just like kind of throw out there and see what it goes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's like
1: ooh. It really, <laughs> up dialogue though. Absolutely. <laughs> they start and don't condemn them. Because really, they they I mean. I was talking to my son recently. I said, you know, from I mean, even Christians, con, you know, they assume, especially parents, children actually assume, well, I'm a Christian because they don't really think about exactly. it. They started, they just, I told them, I said, you know, you need to know what you believe, Absolutely. why you believe. There's some of these evolutionists or, as they know the Bible. Amen. My brother was approached by one of them, an evolutionist. My brother did not know the Bible. And this guy tore him apart. And he could not answer why he believed what he believed.
0: Well, that'll give us, that'll point us back to the scriptures to start to learn those things. But don't, don't shy away from interacting on these things. Cause I mean, you can, I mean, just a, just a powerful tool is just asking questions, you know, and get, you know, just kind of interacting, you know, going forward, so. And did you say, don't,
1: don't judge them when they, yeah. what did you say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't put them down.
0: Don't put them down, you know. Get, get, your yeah, and keep, and keep that. moving. That's an interesting perspective. Well, wait, How'd wait, you come uh, to that, you know?
1: And, and if you look at the, the doors, I'm most convicted on it right here. The door that we, uh, the opportunity we allow, I know I allow a lot of times the evil one is budging people like this, not in the way that God would. And for taking God's place and becoming their day. view. Right?
0: Amen. Yeah.
1: I think the only way I was able to help is I just sat didn't so respond. I, I did react. <laughs> yeah, react. I yeah. Did, I, I, I was sweating, work hard to keep oh. yeah. and loving toward him yep. and his lost soul.
0: Yeah. That's that's the perspective to have, so. But
1: I don't do that all the whole time, obviously, yeah. and certainly wasn't yeah. too the students after I
0: plane. Well, that was a good one.
1: I look at it, I look at Man. it, and what do people without hope? Well, I don't have any hope. They really do want Absolutely. hope. Absolutely. Especially when you see people who are on of their death Yep. Path. They're looking for hope, and we
0: hope hope. Amen. we got answers. But they're
1: so. testing you to see what your answer is. They about. want to know more. They do. Yeah. But, but but they're so used to being defensive, they're yeah. so yeah. used to having that war-like mentality between what they hear and people that are teaching them their thoughts are warriors. Yeah. And so they're expecting that same warrior.
0: Exactly, come back and, and everything. Yeah. Gentleness, right? And, and they've
1: tested, seeing how far they can push you until you do react. Amen. It's, it's, it's really not our ground. You even went over that, that it's not our just ground. To share the truth. It's God, you know, we just go out, and He's the one that fertilizes it and makes it grow. Amen. And we, and Amen. It's really what we have to understand.